From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. And this week, we are going to be talking about the massive $3 trillion aid package that House Democrats unveiled this week. This would be the fifth aid package to address coronavirus and the healthcare and economic emergency that that has presented within the country. This legislation is not bipartisan, and so it is not expected to pass the Senate or be signed into law by President Donald Trump. But this is really kind of Democrats' opening bid in negotiations that will likely be taking place next month, possibly with Republicans for this fifth aid package. And they put a lot in this bill, David. Yeah. I mean, this is the House Democratic bill, and Democrats really up the ante on this thing. As you say, this is the fifth aid package, and it's broken all records. You know, we began with an $8 billion package that everybody thought sounded big at the time, the very first bill. Uh, I mean, that's, that seems like 100 years ago now. And then they really broke ground last in March when they did this $2 trillion bill. And now this one is going to top $3 trillion. So, I mean, uh, this, is, this is by far the biggest they've done, uh, which is also the reason that it is unlikely to become law because Republicans have no buy-in on this thing. They completely oppose it. Of course, it was done without their consultations at all. So they're saying, look, we've got rising debt now. We need time to see how well the aid packages we've already passed have worked. Let's give this a pause. So they are not on board. So this is going to the House floor on Friday, and it will likely pass on a party line vote or close to it. Republicans will be adamantly opposed to it. This process has been really kind of fascinating to me because some of these aid packages have been negotiated in a bipartisan manner. And so when they start off, you know, Republicans and Democrats are talking and trying to figure out what they want to put in the bill and kind of speed up that process. But one of the things we're seeing with this, you know, House Democrats proposal for the fifth aid package and that we saw with that $2 trillion aid package that Congress approved last month is that some of these negotiations are starting off with either party just saying, this is our dream bill. And once we put this together and release this, then we'll start talking to each other. It's almost kind of, you know, slowing down the process. Oh, it's definitely going to slow down the process because they're spending all this time on a bill that can never become law. But, you know, I think from the Democratic point of view, I think their calculation is Republicans weren't ready to do a new bill yet. Let's put pressure on them to bring a new bill forward. Let's at least map out our own party's priorities so Republicans know where we are, so that hopefully bipartisan talks can start. And this is sort of a dream package for Democrats, we should say. I mean, $3 trillion, I mean, you know, that's way more than they normally appropriate in a, for a whole year. And it's chock full of stuff. There's a new round of, of direct payments to families, those tax rebate checks, uh, there's food aid, there's more loans for businesses, they'll extend the unemployment insurance benefits again through next January, there's more tax breaks. And one of the biggest parts of this bill is they included nearly $1 trillion for state and local aid, which is of course something that Republicans have been really um, sort of reticent to go along with in that last yeah. aid package. And Democrats 
We're originally proposing you know, $150 billion in additional state and local aid. A trillion dollars just for state and local aid was the surprising figure. That has a big target on its back for Republicans because a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them have real problems with giving so much to states. And they say a lot of it is for blue Democratic states that have mismanaged their own budgets and had had fiscal problems before this pandemic started. And so we're going to be bailing out states for misdeeds, in other words. Uh, Democrats, of course, say, look, all the states and, and, and cities and counties are hurting because they're all bleeding revenue from the economic shutdown. And that's what we're trying to address. But, you know, I don't think they can get a trillion dollars worth. I, I, they'll get something. That's why I say this is the dream package for Democrats. This is sort of their ultimate wish list of, of everything they'd like to be in this thing. Um, they know they're not going to get it all. But this puts down a, an ideological marker of sorts uh, for Democrats. And that's what they're going to take to Republicans. And they're going to – I do think, though, it makes the coming bipartisan talks a lot tougher. Oh, absolutely. I mean, those talks were already going to be really challenging um, and one of the things that we've heard from several Trump administration officials, as well as Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell, is that they don't want to even start those negotiations until they sort of see how the infection rate and mortality rate from coronavirus is going to potentially change going into summer as a lot of these states start to sort of ease their stay-at-home orders. And they want to start to see whether or not the economy can sort of get going again without all of this federal aid. And so it seems like Democrats hope that this releasing this legislation and that voting on this legislation on Friday would put pressure on Republicans in the White House that doesn't really seem to have come to fruition because they are all continuing to say, what they've been saying for a couple of weeks now, which is that they don't want to get into a fifth aid package just yet. And keep in mind, Republicans have some red lines of their own. Um, Mitch McConnell, the Senate Majority Leader, is pushing hard to provide liability protection for employers. He's saying, if we're going to reopen businesses, we've got to give employers protection from frivolous lawsuits coming through anytime anyone gets sick. And that's that's going to cause a real problem for Democrats who say workers need protection and the right to sue to make sure that workplaces are safe. And of course, you have the president weighing in saying he doesn't want any aid to go to sanctuary cities, which which injects the whole divisive politics of immigration into this into this fight. So we're a long way from from compromise legislation right now. And then on top of that, the further we get into summer, the closer we get to election day and election years are always challenging from a policy perspective. And this just adds so many more complicating factors to negotiating an aid bill. Um, and one of the things that I found pretty interesting this week is that Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell at his standard Tuesday press conference, he wasn't even saying when we begin negotiations on a fifth aid package. He was saying more if they decide to do that. So let's listen to what he said. This is a time for practical response to the coronavirus pandemic. And so we're going to insist on doing narrowly targeted legislation, if and when we do legislate again, and we may well, that addresses the problems, the needs, and not the aspirations of the Democratic majority in the House. So that's the problem on the Republican side. But we should also point out, Jen, that Democrats aren't exactly all united on this bill yet either. In fact, it wasn't even clear for a while there that the House would vote this Friday because 
the progressive caucus, the, the, the liberal wing of the Democratic Party, had sent a letter to House leaders asking them to delay the vote. They said they wanted a full Democratic conference meeting to discuss the bill and any amendments that they might want to put in. They don't think it reflects all of their priorities. So that's a sign that progressives are at least not thrilled about this package. They may come around and vote for it in the end. That would be the, I think, expectation of House leaders. But they may have to shore up support from within their own party to get this thing passed, even on a party line vote Friday. And I think that's absolutely something that Democratic leaders are going to make sure happens. They very publicly released this bill on Tuesday and said that the House will be voting on it on Friday. So there's really no question of whether or not this vote takes place right now as we're recording this podcast. And so I think there's a lot of additional pressure on Speaker Pelosi to make sure that she has a strong Democratic vote and that she really doesn't lose any of those progressive members of her party, not only for, you know, voting purposes and actually sending this piece of legislation to the Senate, but for the messaging point that she's going to need if and when these negotiations start on the fifth aid package. Because there were some things that the liberal wing wanted that are not in this package, we should say. I mean, they had wanted Uh, what they were calling stabilizers, these sort of triggers that would automatically extend aid past past the period the bill is supposed to cover if the economy were still in poor condition. So that would allow for almost unending aid based on economic need, uh, which could really skyrocket the cost of this thing even more. That ultimate, Pelosi seemed open to that idea, but ultimately that's not in this bill. So that's going to be a disappointment for the liberal wing. And we have to see if they're willing to suck that up and vote for the bill anyway, or whether, whether that's enough that, that they would uh, oppose it. Yeah. So Friday, Friday's vote will definitely be interesting, although I don't really expect there to be any major dissensions from House Democrats on this. I would think they would have them all on board by Friday. It's just going to take a little, a little longer to get everybody together and make and and win that progressive caucus endorsement. One of the leaders of that caucus, Pramila Jayapal, of course from Washington State, has been pushing her own measure, her paycheck guarantee bill that she was hoping to be in this package, and that's not in it either. That was sort of an alternative program uh, to give grants to employers to keep people on the payroll. Um, but that's not in here either, we should say. So that's their disappointment. I, you know, Is it enough to, for them to oppose the whole package? Probably not. I think you're right that we'll see a, a party line vote in support of it Friday. But then the real work begins. Then they have to try to actually figure out if they're going to do a fifth aid package, what is going to be in it. And I think those negotiations, um, which are probably going to start in June, are going to be really lengthy and really challenging and potentially might even last into July. So that's where things stand right now on the next phase of coronavirus aid, uh, round number five. We'll be watching it all closely, but that does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us an email at cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. 
I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. You can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week. Thank you.